I want to give a big shout out to defensive end Zadarius Smith. Ugh. Nothing wrong with him. Just he at first decided he wanted to go to the Ravens. Uh. And he Justin at our, our buddy here, Justin's heartstrings. Uh. Blue balled him. Decided oh, I'm back, back out of this deal. And uh. I'm going to go to Minnesota. He does look good in purple. What do you think, Justin? Uh, oh, I didn't know we were starting off like this. I see. Uh Jeez, you guys set me up for failure this time. Oh, man, this hurts. Me and, C- me and CJ were planning it from before the episode. We thought it would be a good idea. Yeah. Well, it was a good idea to hurt me. But don't worry. The Ravens will be back, and we'll be back stronger than ever with or without Zadarius Smith. All right, all right, all right. Well, good evening, guys. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros in with you tonight. We have a lot planned for you. And Deshaun Watson has finally been traded. We will get to that. Free agency is beginning to wind down, and we will review all of the latest in that, including Zadarius Smith. But first... You don't have to talk about him. But first... Let's talk about a recent trend taking place over this past offseason. So with Matt Ryan being traded to the Colts, he joins what has become a mass exodus of players leaving the NFC and going to the AFC. So this list, it's a long list of star-studded players. Russell Wilson, Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, Vaughn Miller, Randy Gregory, Matt Ryan, among others. So with all of these players leaving and going into the AFC, it it leaves me to wonder about the NFC, which has become a little bit bare. With all of these players here, what what would you say your hierarchy is of teams in the NFC? Give me, let's say, your top five, and then for, you know, for – Oh wait, hang on. We got we have some breaking news. Former Saints offensive tackle Taron Armstead reached an agreement on a five-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. So nice. as expected from them. Honestly, if I were the Saints, just an opening take on that. If I were the Saints, I would have paid him. You do realize That's they're like what NFC top star, three one of the AFC. Just realize. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Among others. And there's a lot of linemen too that I didn't mention. Alex Kappa. Lyell Collins, Ted Karras, or sorry, Ted Karras. No, was in no, the he was already sorry. in the AFC. Uh, I, there was another guy who I'm who I'm uh, I'm blanking on, but anyways, long list of players. What is your? Let's give. Let's say your top five. I, I'd love a little bit of a best of the rest as well. So in in the NFC, rank your top five uh, NFL teams in the NFC. Oh, word! All right then. All right, so right off the bat, I feel that the L.A. Rams are well-primed to compete again, but they're obviously not as powerful, you know. lose They're probably going to lose Odell. No more Robert Woods. No more Andrew Whitworth. No more Von Miller. No more Darius Williams. But, you know, the main cast is still there, and you got Allen Robinson. So, you know, you, you know it can't be too terrible. And, of course, now that Brady's back in the NFL, you have to include the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I would say at this point, it's like a two-horse race between L.A. and Tampa, unless some other team magically becomes good. Then, uh, I guess, Green Bay, because they have Aaron Rodgers, despite the fact he's literally going to be throwing to guys off the streets. Or better yet, Packers are going to the stands. They're like, hey, you want to catch passes from Aaron Rodgers? 
because Devontae Adams and Equinemia St. Brown are gone. I don't think Marquez Valdez Scantling's coming back, and Alan Lazar is a restricted free agent. So if you're lucky, you're probably going to get him back. And then there's the NFC least, where the Cowboys are probably going to come out on top, maybe. I don't know. That, that whole division's awful, and the Cowboys are just the most talented, so there's no reason they shouldn't. And, you know, some other teams that might be interesting, the Vikings, because, you know, they have uh, that interesting combo of wide receivers, you know, like Thielen and Jefferson. And now they have a good edge rusher combo in Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. Ain't that right, Justin? Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, everything aside, maybe Philly could make some noise. They've been decent thus far. Maybe if Carson Wentz, that's a big maybe, can get his 2017 form again, that could be uh, – Philly could be a team to watch. I mean, uh, the football team could be a team to watch. I still think of them in Philly for some reason. And uh, maybe, maybe the 49ers, depending on if Jimmy G's their guy, because I've heard that Trey Lance is nowhere near like where they expect him to be. So I'll let you guys be the judge. That's kind of my hierarchy for teams that I think could be decent. All right. Talk. This is kind of hard. Now that I'm looking over the NFC, it's kind of underwhelming, especially when you look over the AFC. So when I look at it, I'm it's kind of like the best of the rest already when I look at the NFC. Outside of like maybe two or three teams, the rest aren't really promising. When I look at number one, I think it's Tampa Bay, and it's kind of like by default because everybody else is not what they used to be. I think the Rams coming off the Super Bowl are going to lose major pieces, which they already have. I think they're going to lose Odell, and I think they're going to lose uh, – well, they already lost Robert Woods, and they just lost their left tackle because he retired. So they're going to need to fill some spots on the team, and they just lost some of their defensive linemen too. So I don't think they'll have the same success rushing the passer that they did because Ron Miller just signed a huge contract, and Sebastian Joseph Day just signed a huge contract somewhere else. Uh um, Green Bay, again, same issue. I'm starting not to trust Aaron Rodgers like you guys are, but I'm still holding out hope. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't even have any weapons surrounding him because Devontae Adams just left and everybody else except Alan Lazard are free agents. So they need to figure out how to get him weapons now. And unfortunately, in injury-prone Julio Jones is the only thing available. So that's rough. So I think it's going to be – uh, Tampa one, Green Bay number two, because I think they'll still maintain a float in the NFC North and be able to keep it somewhat competent in the NFC. Surprisingly, number three, I think it's going to be the 49ers. I think the 49ers are a stable offense because they don't need they don't need great competent play from the quarterback position. They just need solid to good, and they'll be fine because of the running game and the way they play play defense because they have Nick Bosa on one end and Tariq Armstead on the other, and that. Secondary isn't that bad, even even though he should have caught uh, his name. Tart should have caught that interception in the NFC Championship game. So I think with the pieces surrounding the quarterback, I think they'll be in position to be in the Super Bowl. But depending on how far they go is up to the quarterback. I understand that uh, Trey Lance isn't where he should be right now. But I, if worse comes to worse, you can just keep Jimmy G for another season and run that back. Because he's not a bad quarterback, and he does win in the playoffs. That's number three. My number four is kind of a sleeper. I think Minnesota is going to be better than what everybody expects. I think Kirk Cousins has somehow become underrated and he doesn't get the appreciation he deserves. I think if Dalvin Cook can please stay healthy, he's a top three running back in this league. I believe if they upgrade that old line for Kirk Cousins, I think uh, I think that's going to be much uh, better for Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson is elite at the wide receiver spot and that defense is still that defense and they have a new head coach that's an oc instead of the dc's so i think that's going to upgrade that offense majorly and the last team the cowboys uh it pains me but they're too talented not to be on this team it's just you have to ask whether or not they will mess up in the playoffs which they always do and uh I guess that's a sleeper team to look out for, the Eagles. So those are my five teams. 
I never think I never think about the Eagles to be honest. They are they are a good sleeper team, a nice little best of the rest pick. I like that. I didn't even think about them as a as a possible team. They did make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but right off the bat for me, I'm going to take Tampa Bay and and L.A. It's the NFC is very top heavy this year, and it's going to it's going to be those two teams who are who are really up there. And maybe there's one team that overachieves that'll be uh, down there. But the Rams are number two because I think they just have less holes. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a competition of who is the least flawed. Every te- every one of these teams is flawed in some sort of way, and they're still trying to uh, to fill in holes in free agency, including Tampa Bay, who still has who still has to add another starting guard across from Shaq Ma- Shaq Mason, and. They they still have some some pieces in that front seven they need to add back, you know, uh, Nadamik and Sue, JPP. They got Leonard Fournette back, so that fills in the running back need. But there's still a lot of pieces that need to be filled in those top two spots. But after that, it's like it's a huge gap from two to three. So three, I actually have the Dallas Cowboys. I have the Dallas Cowboys because of their talent, not because of their skill, or. Uh, their their talent not because of you know they uh, the uh, their lack of postseason success mm-hmm. because you know they always they always seem to choke. There's no analytical way to put it. You just, it's just they're the Cowboys and they always screw up. But they're still just such a talented team that I just can't not put them in my top three in the NFC right now. Especially you know especially with the way the NFC has has turned out to be. After that number four is the Arizona Cardinals. So the Arizona Cardinals, talented team. There's a little bit of turmoil going on, a little bit of pettiness, but that's going to get figured out. It's a, it's one that's like I've said in the past, this is something that's going to be, that's, that's going to blow up in like 2028 when, you know, Kyler Murray, after he gets his big deal, he'll be towards the end of it. He says, I want to, I want to get traded. He gets traded. That's what's going to happen. But for now, this team's very competitive. They're number four, number five, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Trey Lance may not have been coming along as quickly as they've wanted him to, but he's still been a pretty salt, you know, he's in the t- in the games that he's been in uh for the San Francisco 49ers. He hasn't been bad. And now they're saying that he's coming along and perhaps by the time he's their week 1 starter, he'll be he'll be able to lead this team and they have a very good roster around them. So that's my number. That's my top five. My best of the rest. Certainly, I now that Justin uh, mentioned the Eagles, that's definitely a team to look at and lo- watch for Jalen Hurts' development. He's going into year three uh, in the NFL. They have some pieces on offense. They're adding to that defense. I like the I like what the Eagles are doing here, and they have they have two they have two first round picks in this draft. I like the Eagles. I also like the Minnesota Vikings. Now that, you know, looking at what's going on in Green Bay, I don't think that's going to be a playoff team anymore, to be honest. They might be a little competitive. They might win seven, eight games. But I don't think they're, you know, that team lost all its offensive talent, and they lost Zadarius Smith, who went on to their uh, who went on to their, their division rivals, the Minnesota Vikings. And now that team has pieces on offense and defense. And even with Kirk Cousins, I think that team is going to win the division, and it's going to... Uh, be competitive next year. So that is sort of my hierarchy, if um, if you will. All right. I, I disagree with Dallas being top three. They just lost uh, Randy Gregory, and they lost their starting right, right tackle, who's now with the Bengals. I don't trust that and line. And they traded Amari Cooper. Especially that oh, whole right true. side of Connor Williams is on that. If Connor Williams is on that right side, God help and God help you if you're on the right side in your deck, Prescott. I just think they have a lot of talent and a lot of depth on that on that team. They'll be able to overcome it in a way. But this is if you take this team and you put it into last year's uh hierarchy, they don't make the top five for me. But just because it's just out of the uh the disrespect, if you will, for the uh or lack of confidence is probably a better term for uh the NFC right now because it's it's looking bare and it just comes down to which team is the least flawed because all of them are even this even this this uh 
this Buccaneers team, they don't have, they don't have, they're, they're not ready yet. They need to add a guard and they need to re-sign some players on, on their, on their front seven on defense. Uh, but anyways, Deshaun Watson has finally been traded. We'll talk about that and we'll talk about the team that he is on and how they'll do. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker tonight. So, Deshaun Watson, after over a year of us, so us as a podcast, we have been covering him for the entirety of our existence. Really, Justin, you can attest, right? We've been, like, ever since we started, that was yeah. when when that it was back in December, January. That was when we first started our pod. And the biggest news that would that came out for us is all the all the buzz surrounding Deshaun Watson. And now, after so many episodes of us speculating where he's gonna go, he's finally been traded to the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns. Oh, believe one. Oh, they'll believe anything, all right. <laughs> now this this was an interesting one because he form he at first he actually rejected them he said I don't really want to go there and then they uh, Cleveland never stopped uh, negotiating with them and they came, eventually came to terms Watson changes changed his mind hey and, uh, guys real quick what's up we have an update with uh, Taron Armstead his contract has been released. It's a five-year, $87 million deal with about $43 million guaranteed. Wow. So I was going to say that was an overpay until I saw the guaranteed money. That's pretty good. And you know why the guaranteed money is so low? Because he has a bit of an injury history. So, yeah. hope, so look, Tua, you got your new best friend. No excuses. Yeah. So he, he's got – that. that's what they needed was an offensive exactly. line. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, now he's got it, and if he keeps struggling, I don't know what to tell you. And now That's Tua has he's healthy. Yep, Tua has no excuse now. Amen. He has no excuse. Anyways, he goes to the Browns. Three first round picks. I believe it's two fourth round picks. I'm still looking into the, uh, the details trade. to this trade. I think I it's three it was... firsts, like a third and a fifth. Wait, no. Or a third so it's and a yeah, it's three fourths. Three fourths and no, it's three three firsts and two fourths. Terrible trade. Three firsts and two fourths. All right. right. Oh yeah. So three firsts and two fourths, and the Browns get Watson like a fifth or something. Watson in like a fifth in a fifth round pick, and he also gets a gets a contract. What is it? Two hundred thirty million guaranteed. All of it's guaranteed. Guaranteed over five years. And to put it in perspective, his base salary is over million. So even if the NFL wanted to find him. They'd only be able to find him for a million dollars. None of the other money would be taken from him. Absolutely. So he finally gets traded, and he gets he goes to the he goes to the Browns. They gave up a hefty price, but that team has all the talent in the world around him. So, guys, what do you think about the Browns now that they have Deshaun Watson? How do you guys think about that as a as a fit? Well. Let's let uh, Tucker go first since he's our resident AFC North guy. First off, I want to say congratulations to Deshaun Watson for getting his money. $230 million guaranteed straight to the bank. That is solid money. Uh, I'm always appreciative of 
people getting their money and I'm appreciative of him getting his money. I don't know how he got it while in the middle of his five-year $135 million contract, but respect, I will give it. With that said, what this tells me in Cleveland is if they don't win a title within five years, this is a bust move. Like this is an all or nothing type of thing. He may not win it in the first season. I'm like, all right, that's fine. He's learning a new system, a new offense, a new style of play, and a new conference. But from year two on, if he doesn't win you a title, it's going to be a problem, specifically with his contract. In Deshaun Watson's case, we don't even know if he's going to play right now. It's an icy situation, to say the least. One wrong move, and he might be gone, not only for one season, but for multiple seasons if the allegations against him are true. So I want to make this clear. It's an all or nothing move that if it goes right, they could potentially win multiple Super Bowls with the talent they've surrounded Deshaun Watson with. And it can go wrong as in he may not play for the first two seasons and you might not win anything once he starts playing. So it's a weird situation and i kind of feel bad for baker mayfield in this situation not for cam our resident friend of the show who's a big big baker mayfield fan but i do feel bad for baker mayfield because he doesn't deserve to be in the situation he's in well um uh it's weird i mean i guess technically deshaun watson has been absolved of most of like his legal issues right most Yeah, Yeah. so here's like another thing, you know, if I've seen many Browns fans on social media that are torn, you know, because, you know, they made fun of Ben Roethlisberger for so long and, you know, now the shoe's on the other foot. Now they have a potential, you know, less than squeaky clean reputation off the field quarterback. And in a way, you know, when you get a player like that, you know, in order to win, it's almost like selling your soul or so I've been told by some Browns fans that I know. Anyway, when you look at him on the – when you look at the contract, you know, that's uh, $230 million guaranteed, all of it, most money ever for a guaranteed contract. That's insane. Now, I do think it's funny or smart for the Browns to, you know, give him, like, only $1 million his first year, you know, just in case – the NFL, you know, decides to punish him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's smart. The division, that's going to be a tough division because the Steelers, you know, oh, at least Mike Tomlin will always go 8-8. Eight eight. You know, you have that. Then you have the Ravens, who, you know, are just starting to get all their guys back and healthy. And then and you have the Bengals that just went to the Super Bowl. What are you going to do to make them stand out, Deshaun? Let's you know you have a good running game. You have Amari Cooper and David and Joku to throw to. You have a good O line. You know with guys like uh, what's his name? Is it uh, Jedrick Wills? I think is on Jedrick there. Wills, yes, Wyatt Teller. Oh, and Wyatt Teller. That's what I was thinking of. They just so, got yeah, rid of their center though. Yeah, that's weird. I think it might go Linderbaum with the draft, but that's a debate for another time. So, and you know, you have a good defense. You know, guys like Deshaun Watson and Denzel Ward and Chase Winovich on that defense. So I'm I'm eager to see what he can bring, but do not expect it to be as but Deshaun word of wisdom, do not expect it to be as weak as the AFC South was, because at least you got two other contenders right there with you. Yeah, it's an that's a tough division. If it's us in the AFC West, that's a very tough division for Deshaun to play in. Yep. All right. So this feels like, to me, this feels like one of those moves where it's, you know, they're that it's that one team that's one piece away, you know, like the L.A. Rams before them last year. They're one piece away, usually the quarterback from truly being able to get over that hump. You know, you were a borderline playoff team. You were you were in and out. You might have won a few playoff games, but you didn't have what it took to actually get to where you needed to go. Now, you got you trade away you well, you probably you got to trade away uh Baker Mayfield and you trade you trade a, a haul of picks and you get Deshaun Watson. They have an offensive line that's among the best in the game. 
They have a running game that's among the best in the game. They have a defense that is ferocious, led by led by Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, among several other key players. Lots of playmakers on that defense. And yes, you don't really have a wide receiver two, but you have a wide receiver one. Amari Cooper's pretty damn good. So to have him to throw to, uh, for Deshaun Watson to throw to, it's pretty damn good. So this team is really just a wide receiver two away from being among the best in the entire NFL. Um, and they can compete with really anybody out there. And if the, like, and as Justin said, if this team doesn't win a Super Bowl in the in in Deshaun Watson's tenure here, it would be typical, just typical Browns, man. It really would, and it would really just. This is this is a team that should should compete. It is it is literally like we said right after in the direct aftermath of Matthew Stafford being traded. It is Super Bowl or bust. If you don't win a Super Bowl, it is a massive disappointment. It yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's the trend. No buy now, pay later. Basically, and mm-hmm. that's what it, that is. That is what it's turning into. That is and the I trend. You know, the these teams who are who are going all in and and having it pay off. It's influencing more and more teams to go all in, and that's what everybody is doing right now. At least in the a- in the AFC, the NFC hasn't quite caught up to that yet. But you know, uh, well, the two teams that have bought in in the past couple of years, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Rams, they're still in it. Nobody else is. They're just, they're just saying here, here, AFC, take my play, take my intestines. You take my heart. You take my guts. This is, that's what's happening right now. Coming up next, we are going to get into the winners and losers of free agency. You're not going to want to miss this. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker in with you tonight. So the free agency finally starting to settle down. A lot of the bigger names are finally, you know, they're getting all, they're all being signed to teams. So looking at this, we did this last off season during last, during uh, when free agency started to settle down. But who are the winners and losers of free agency? We're going to start with the winners, mm-hmm. and we can go around. We'll give our pick, which team, and you guys answer the question. Okay. So, to Talk me, to I, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one first because I think it's pretty obvious who, who won uh, free agency, and the answer is the entire AFC West won the in free agency this year. But if you want me to be more specific, I think the Chargers have had the best free agency so far because they were able to sustain the offense, be able to re-sign Mike Williams, and add to that already solid defense with getting Khalil Mack, putting him on the opposite end of Joey Bosa, getting J.C. Jackson to pair up with uh, to pair up with Derwin James in that secondary. So it not only solidified the offense, it also solidified the defense, and now they actually do have a legitimate chance to not only win the AFC East, I mean the AFC West, but they can be the number one seed in the entire AFC this year. I could see that happening, no problem. Hmm. Now, CJ? yeah, my winner personally, the Jacksonville Jaguar. Now, I am just kidding. They did not win free agency. They overplayed a bunch, overpaid a bunch of mediocre players. Anyone who says otherwise doesn't know football. Now, but I actually have to go with Justin. The winner by 
far in uh, you know in the in the AFC West, which made a buttload of ridiculous moves. It's got to be the Chargers. What did he say? You know, you get back your man Mike Williams, right? You know that's yep. important. And uh, Joey Bosa along with Khalil Mack, that's that's something, isn't it? And you get J.C. Jackson to pair up with Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. I mean, just the additions of Mack and Jackson are insane. However, I'm going with something different direction. I honestly, I know it's a cop-out, but think about it. The entire AFC West, I mean, even the Chiefs are making moves, getting guys like Justin Reed and Juju Smith-Schuster. And, you know, then there's the Raiders getting guys like Chandler Jones to pair up with Max Crosby. Oh, and only wrangling Devontae Adams from the Packers mm-hmm. for, in my opinion, is a steal. Like, oh, just your first and second this year? And then, you know, and then to a lesser extent, the Broncos, who, you know, you got Randy Gregory, but you also got your Golden Goose and Russell Wilson. So I would have to say the Chargers, but to a greater extent, you know, the entire AFC West, that's going to be what the they're basically going to be what the NFC West was last year. I in fact, I wouldn't be shocked if all of those teams ended up making the playoffs, you know, in the AFC West. Adam. All right. So if you if this is if this AFC West is is your pick, you you guys can't <laughs> you got just wait for my for my oh, biggest God. losers. But my my biggest winner in free agency is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So not only do they it get back Tom Brady, Tom Brady, it better not. I just said what else did they do? They got oh, well, they, yeah, brought, they, they brought back a lot of their key players. They oh, added okay. another piece who is more reliable than Antonio Brown in Russell Gage may not be quite as talented, but he is a little younger. You don't believe that, but okay. He's a little younger. What? Russell Gage. I don't care what his off-the-field issues are, but you're mentioning Russell Gage in the same breath as Antonio Brown. Yeah, I can't allow that. But at at this point in their careers, I mentioned. Still, you don't believe that. Still, I'm Antonio. Saying, I'm not saying he's me, as talented. I own Antonio but, Brown in fantasy. That guy was a monster when he played. They, that's not my point. They added another piece on offense to put in the place to put in the place okay. of their number three option. And on top of that, they added pieces on they added pieces on defense. Well, at least got them back with Carlton Davis. They got they got Logan yeah. Ryan, yeah. and not only that, but. When you look at the rest of the NFC, it's all gone. It's in the AFC now. So basically, this entire Buccaneers team, they basically they were able to retain to a level, to an extent, their their talent on that team, but also the other teams got worse. So they're they're the biggest winners because they're not they're they don't have it tough with other teams. And they've brought they've added more talent to sort of retain what they have going. So I have them as the biggest winners in free agency. I wouldn't call them the biggest winners. I mean, I disagree, but fair enough. I, I'd say that's a solid take, but no. All right. I respect so, it. After that, let's do the biggest loser in free agency. <sighs> I'm I'm stuck, but I'm going to choose the Cowboys. Granted, I really thought about choosing the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I realized it's the Jaguars. We weren't expecting much from them. But with the Cowboys, people actually expect them to do well in the playoffs. So you come into free agency this year, and the best signing you've had so far is Dante Fowler, a Robin to a Batman such as Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack, somebody of that nature. So they don't have a... That is their best signing so far, and I'm quite disappointed. They haven't got anybody to fill the right tackle spot. They haven't gotten anybody to take to get Connor Williams off the field. They haven't gotten anybody to show up their wide receiver number two spot or the number three spot, depending on how you see Michael Gallup. They re-signed Michael Gallup, but then got rid of Amari Cooper. So it's like, okay. I'm not seeing how they're going to do well in the playoffs, especially if they have to face Tampa down the line. And I don't, and I think they haven't improved. I think they deproved. I think, or like decreased in talent. So with that said, I think they're the biggest losers so far in free agency. 
Yeah, I understand. And given the most recent trade, I can see how a lot of people will disagree. But I just, I have to go with the Colts. I really do. And hear me out, all right? They traded for Matt Ryan and Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. Okay, and? I say, oh, but they did this. And my response is, and? And what? I'll tell you what else they did. Nothing. They still have some of the most cap space in the league, and they haven't addressed anything. I mean, outside of Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, their all line isn't that great. They still lack a left tackle, and they lost Mark Lewinsky in free agency. Who's their, who's going to be their number one receiver? Michael Pittman Jr.? I don't think so. They have not addressed their receiver position at all. They re-signed the mediocre tight end Mo Alley-Cox. And outside of Kenny Moore, who's there in your defensive backfield? You have money to Kenny go out Moore. and grab a – no, I said who else besides Kenny Moore. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just got rid of Rocky Sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got Nick Ngakwe trades like, oh, yeah, they got Unique Ngakwe and they got Matt Ryan. That's great. What about their receiving core? That's not a good group. They're one Michael Pittman Jr. away from being an entire practice squad group. They have, In their defensive backfield, they have nobody outside of Kenny Moore. And I know what you're thinking. Like, oh, well, they've had a lot of money before and sat out in free agency. They did it like a few years ago. And I'm like, yes, I understand. But that was when Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard were in contract years and they were both extended. But who do they have next? Like, oh, yeah, they have DeForest Buckner. So you're still going to have enough money beside that. Like, why aren't you fixing any of the glaring holes on your roster? It's like, they got Matt Ryan. Who's he going to throw to? They've had so much money, and a lot of it's been gone on that Ryan trade. It's just, I feel for the Colts fans. I actually know some up here that are upset because they really haven't touched their money yet. And I'm like, I'm sorry. My heart goes out to you. Oh, that's my rant, Adam. All right. So my biggest loser in free agency is the entire AFC West. All right. I need to hear the mental gymnastics. I thought you were going to say the Chiefs. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm sick. All right. Let's hear the mental gymnastics. If you're in the AFC West, you 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 added all this talent. That's all fine and good. But... Now that the problem is everybody in that division has added a lot of talent. And if they were in and to, and all the power to all to that one team, good for them. If they, that one team gets out of that division and wins a few rounds in the playoffs, maybe another team w- makes the playoffs as well. They're, but they're still going to have a couple losses to their name. They will be, but they will be battle tested. But think about if you are let's say the raiders and and you miss the playoffs you finished let's say 10 and 7 11 and 6 but you still miss the playoffs because you're in the AFC West you're going to be looking around at the other divisions and saying man if i was in the AFC South or the AFC East i'd probably win that division or no. if you're the if you're the Denver Broncos you take a little bit you take a little bit of time to sort of gel because that roster is kind of thrown together. And then you, you, you wind up maybe let's say down the stretch, you finish as, you know, one of uh, down the stretch, you finish as one of the better teams in football because you know, that team is talented and then you barely miss the playoffs. You say, man, how did I barely, how did I miss the playoffs? But freaking uh, Indianapolis over there, they won the division with Matt Ryan. And Michael Pittman as their number one as their number one wide receiver. How do they make the playoffs and we don't? You know, they it's like it's great that we add, they added all this talent, but at what point are all these players going to stop and think? Well, yeah, we're making we're we're getting we're we're making our teams more you know more talented, but like only only a couple of us actually come out of that division. If any of them come out of the division to to you know get to make the playoffs so it's one of those things where i think you got to pump the brakes a little bit on the afc west because not no, because obviously yes we do because not all of them there's going one some one of those teams is going to get porked probably probably a couple of them Yes, Adam. That's how it works. The, you can't take points away. So, so would you rather them have done nothing? 
Would you rather just saying, oh, our division's too good, let's not even try? This is the point of free agency. That's how so then so then if someone's gonna get poor, what would you rather them do? It's not it's not a matter of what you can control. It's more so just the the it's just bad luck. I'm not saying that they're it's they're at fault for that. It's just you're in a division that's very competitive, and they all every team had this in that division had the same mindset. Let's copy what the Rams did and go all in, which is which is what they're they're all doing. And now you're gonna look at this and they're gonna say, Well, we're kind of we're kind of screwed now because we may we may not make it out of this division, yet we have one of the more talented teams in the league. That happens well, then, every year. Well, uh, well, then I guess it's going to be a, who's the best coach then. Yeah, not it, like that, it won't. It, it won't be. It, not, it, it never happens like this. There's always a team that's a little talented that misses out. They they barely miss out, but not like this. There there's a team that one of these teams is loaded. Well, every single one of these teams is loaded, but yeah. one of them is going to finish last. And they're going to oh, look around yes, and they're going to say, if I was in any other division, I would be, I would have probably won the division. You I do know agree. with expanded playoffs, I disagree with all that. of them could make it in. Right? In the AFC, I see, I see them winning the division. If you're, any, if you're a Raider, no. if you're, if you are the Raiders and you go into the AFC South, that that's team is better only, than all of them. That's the only one. But if you look in the East, you have the Patriots and the Bills and still they're the better Bulls. than the, they're better than the Patriots. Yeah. I disagree. I, I think, think wait, better. Wait, who's better than us? He's saying the Raiders right now currently constructed are better than the Patriots. Uh, roster wise, yes, but they're yes. still going to be coached by Josh McDaniels. So, and no. that's why I'm kind of pumping the brakes on the Raiders. I love their pickups, but Josh McDaniels is still their head coach. And to Raider Nation, I say enjoy the third and ten screen passes. And I know they're not looking at the North and saying, "Yeah, we could win that division." Like just. Out of pocket saying that. That's I disagree on Josh McDaniels. It's not that it's. I, I'm not trying to say that every, he did everything right in Denver a few year uh, years back, uh-huh. but it wasn't the coaching that was the issue. It was he tried to be he tried to be like Bill Belichick too quickly. He tried to take that credibility and say, "I'm Bill Belichick. Oh, I can do whatever yeah, the hell I want." He's going to do it again. Yeah. And well, why wouldn't he? Why? Well, why, how, why would you rule out that he maybe he changed that? Maybe he fixed that and he said, and I believe he did say that a few years back. He said, I mean, I kind of learned from la, from my last stint. Everybody was, you know, everybody said, hey, screw you, pal. You've only been leader of this team. You've you've been you've been leader of this team for only a couple of years, He's and you're still trying the to, worst coach in that division. I would literally worst. still take Nathaniel Hackett. Hasn't even coached yet over him. Okay, the talent, but the talent is there. Yeah, and the how many times have bad coaches ruined a talented team? Pretty much Andy Reid every year, except that one time Mahomes carried him to a Super Bowl. And they've won the division almost every year under Andy Reid. Oh yeah, and uh, please regale me with his uh, many playoff successes. I'll wait. Four straight AFC championship games. And, yeah, that'll uh, do it. So, well, here's three the thing. Super Where's Bowl the accolades? Where's the hardware? He's got two AFC championship wins in a Super Bowl. I mean, that's kind of hard hey, to do. I know you yeah, like no, to say that's, great. Great. Here's that's the thing. hard to do. There is no excuse. I've seen some of the teams he's had over the years. Andy Reid, all jokes aside, there's no reason he shouldn't have at least four rings. We're, get, we're getting a little bit sidetracked here, but – I think I think the NFC I'm not saying the NFC did anything wrong the AFC West did anything wrong. I'm just saying that they're they're a little a a, a couple teams in that in that division are going to be really unlucky. And because of that I just put all the entire AFC AFC West in that category cuz it could be real you can make a case for any one of them. Honestly, I would not rule out the Chiefs. It would it would take a hell of a lot of things to go wrong. But I wouldn't rule out the Chiefs from missing the playoffs at, in this division because Wait, so, the so, Chiefs have well, gotten the Chiefs have gotten worse this year. I think uh-huh. that I think they've gotten worse this offseason. They've lost they've lost they lost Tyron Matthew. And they added in Justin Reed, so they got a little bit worse there. They lost Charvarius Ward, so their secondary is going to be. It was already it was already shaky before. Now it's going to be worse. So I just want to point out. 
you're putting the I just want to see if I'm reading you right. You're going to put the entire AFC West as losers because they might of free agency. So they lost free agency because they might not make the playoffs. So that means by not making the playoffs, they've lost free agency. Am I reading that right? Because a few of them won't make the playoffs. Okay. It's not might not. So because there's a possibility they won't make the playoffs, that means they're losers of free agency. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. There's no possibility. It's going to happen. Okay. Okay, so then which one's not going to make it? Let's hear it. Which one right now is 100% not going? I can make a case for all of them. Okay. Okay. You know what? There's a possibility all of them can make it. It goes. Yeah. With literally, with the expanded playoffs, literally all of them could. That's not true. Five, six, seven are wild card spots. They could yep. make it mathematically. Yes. Math. Yeah, math I mean, it's possible. But look, just I understand. Can we just go to the next segment? Or we'll talk about all this right. later. All right. So we've gotten we we talked about our biggest winners of free agency. Now we want to hear your biggest winners of free agency. That's right. We're going to get into our fan box. That's next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker with you tonight. We are talking a lot of free agency, very heavy free agency so far in this episode, and we're going to continue with the fan box. So we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our show. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our podcast. Now, the question of the week was, which team is the biggest winner so far in free agency? So, number one was Tyler Sumner, who said the Raiders. Now, this is a team that added Chandler Jones. Uh, That was about their only free agency pickup. They did get Demarcus Robinson earlier, uh, uh, earlier today, but other than that, everything else was through trade. Rocky Sin, uh, I'm I'm forgetting the big one. I'm not forgetting uh, the big one. Could it be Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams? And then, um, so Diego Huertas said, Chargers or Raiders. So that's a team that you can you pick. Either one, and it's a rational argument. Yes, because oh, the yeah. Chargers, the Chargers got better, adding pieces on defense. That defense is going to be ferocious, and they got their main guy, Mike Williams. Anyways, Stephen Parker said Bengals. So hell the no, Bengals. Why? Uh, I mean, they did fix the O line, but they I fixed I their offensive see. line. Yeah, I need to see you fix the defensive backfield, though. No, no, no. They won that. You you saw they signed Eli Apple again. They won that. I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) They signed him back. Nice job. Nice job, Bengals. But something tells me me they're going to make another move because they released Trey Waynes, which which clears 11 mil in cap space, which puts them at like what? 23 million this off season. So they, they, they're clearly going to do something else. And they also have the draft to address it. So I'll, I'll allow it. They fix their offensive line, which was number one. So you, you need to make sure that you're, you're taking care of Joe Burrow and they're, they're prioritizing that they're not making the mistake that uh, the Colts did with Andrew Luck, where they got him killed and he decided to retire before he was, I think it was, was it before age 30 or was he 31? I'm I not thought sure. he was like 29 or something like it was that. 20, yeah, before age 30. 
So Robert Canedo said Raiders. So again, Raiders, that, that team now has pieces everywhere. And it sucks that you can make a real argument that they won't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because that team is loaded with with talent now. They might need a little bit on their offensive line, but that's about it. They could they could use some work in the secondary too. But you have one of the better pass rushing duos in the league. You have Devontae Adams, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Darren Waller, you have now Demarcus Robinson, Jake Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Great team right there. Grayson Mortimer said Chargers deserve a shout-out. They certainly do. Yes, they do. Yep. They added everywhere, and it's pretty hard to screw that up. But they are the Chargers. They had a good team going into last off, going into last season, and they managed to miss the playoffs. But Patrick Williver said Chargers and Bengals. So we've, we've just discussed two, both of them in previous yeah. fan box uh, answers. They're both those. They're both pretty well set up. Like I said, the Bengals just need to work on that secondary. And honestly, they there's still a couple pieces out there. Kyle Fuller. Uh, I think I think they've done fun the secondary. Oh, you yeah, because you want Lamar Jackson to be less to bad. Burn Eli Apple, yeah. Oh, no. uh, excuse me. Excuse oh, me. Christ. Say that again. I said, I said, I said, Lamar Jackson wanted wants to run. Uh, throw all over him. Throw all. He'll, he'll try to. Uh, Brian Mucker said Broncos. So Broncos, that's a team that has all the pieces. I feel like they might take a little bit of time to gel, but that's a team that could contend in the AFC. Problem is, they're in the AFC West. So it's going to be hard to get out of that division, but that's a team. That's a team that has a lot of talent, and they have just as good as good a chance as anyone in that division and in the AFC. Mm-hmm. But Tyson Tate said, if the Vikings can get Zadarius Smith, so this was right before the Zadarius Smith deal happened. <laughs> yeah, right before moments before tragedy, right, Tuck? Sure looks good in purple. He said, mm-hmm. if they get can get Sedarius Smith, they're a 10-plus win team. That's – yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, agree. I believe it. I, they mean, win this got, I think they win that division. Got. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.